Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. Today we have in-house with us Mr. Drew Loesch. If you're familiar with the name Drew Loesch, it's possibly because a few episodes back on season one, Tyrone Hornbuckle brought up Drew Loesch. He is a cinematographer, basically, right? I mean, that's what you do. Um, He was the one who put together the Northeast Ohio Rock and Roll Retrospective uh, documentary, basically, uh, which features a lot of the artists from the 60s and 70s here in Cleveland, uh, back at a time where this scene was probably the biggest that ever was at that at ever since or before, um, as far as popularity and the level of artists that we had and how they all kind of like played together and and they all interchanged and played. They 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 were all friends back then and you know friendly, competitively friendly also, but. We thought it would be great to have Drew on because he actually was one of the main guys who's gone through and documented all this and and talked to these guys since them times and gotten all the stories and been a part of some of the stories. And I find as I'm as we're doing this, a lot of the artists from that time that we talked to, they all know him um, and and he's well respected. So I just want to say, Drew, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Heck great. yeah! Great. So. How you doing? What's I'm, going? How's I'm things going great. now for you? I'm doing great. I'm fully retired. Awesome. And uh, I'm still doing video here and there. You know, it's my passion. Uh, it's been my passion for a lot of years. And uh, yeah, I'm looking to head to the PA mountains here pretty soon. Moving? Yeah, just to get a change of pace. You know. Nice. Just a change of pace. Is it off the grid type mountain thing? Yeah. Is it? It, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. No I kidding. Know. Yeah, you're going nice. all in, huh? Like that's a, that's yeah. kind of neat. So, are you going to be like filming nature or stuff while you're no, out there? No, that's... no, I just take a break and and just you know do something peaceful, I guess. You yeah, know? That's awesome because you know music can get kind of noisy, and my biz is noisy. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do how do you get into like you said it's your passion? Like when did how did you first start? When did you first start re- wanting to do the just the filming part and then? Later on, how do you get involved into the, this whole project? Well, I saw a commercial on television for the Ohio School of Broadcast Technique. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a different name now, and it's in Independence. I think it's the Ohio Center for Broadcasting or something like that. But uh, this is when it was next to Channel 8 on uh, Marginal next, Road to, next 90. To, next to the 90. It area. was right smack next to uh, Channel 8. And, uh, yeah, I went to school. For a year there, full time on the GI Bill, I'm oh. I'm retired military. Oh, and uh, thank you. Oh, I do it all again. Really, I I miss the military community okay. a lot. Yeah, do you stay in touch with them too? Oh yeah, the guys. A lot of friends service. still. Oh, absolutely. You know, but um, yeah, I'd go back in a minute, but Uncle Sam wouldn't let me. I'm a little older now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I saw a commercial on television. I said. Hmm. I'd like to do that, you know, lights, camera, action, you know, you could be behind the scenes and, you know, the whole razzle-dazzle thing. So I thought, so I went for it. So you go, so you get into it, and then, so, let me ask you this. So is it one of them situations where you had a passion for it, you get into it, and then you, all of a sudden, bang, you're like, wow, I really love this. And then, and then you almost like that addiction thing and you can't get enough of it absolutely i didn't want to leave the school you know wow this is (laughs) so great but of course they give you your degree you know your paper and you're out the door 
And then I said, okay, now what? And back in those days, the Cleveland television market, you know, for getting into television, was just all sewn up. It was really, really tight. And, uh, for example, Channel 8 wanted you to to intern for six months. Oh. For nothing. For free. You know, and I had a house. I had a child. I couldn't do that. You know, I had to get out and do things. So I saw an ad in a newspaper um, about videotaping weddings. And I thought, you know. Okay, so Joel Nash from North Coast Video, he tried me out. You know, he put a camera in my hands, and he tried me out. He says, okay, you're hired. So I started doing weddings. And believe it or not, that really sharpened my skills. Because, you know, when you're out there and you're capturing somebody's day, you miss one thing. You, you can't say, hold on, take two on that. <sighs> if you don't get the shot... That's it. Plus, I'd imagine the critical, like the critic part of that, where the, these people, like you know, the, the 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 new wife wants everything to be just so. So you gotta, you really gotta be on your best for a lot of that You're kind documenting of documenting their day. And if yeah. you miss something, so you've really, really got to pay attention. You know, plus, um, you know, again, it really sharpened my my camera skills and and, and movement and shot composition and all that. So that that was basically my boot camp for for my cinematography work. And, Excellent. And so it was great. So at that time now you're you're already into the rock and roll type thing too also is no. at that time? No. Oh, no. No. So what what's going on in no. that part? Well, after so many years of, you know, doing personal videos and and chasing a bride and groom around Northeast Ohio, you know, and being in every church in Northeast Ohio at least twice. <laughs> I thought, you know what? It, it's getting kind of old, you know. I mean, it was great. You meet a lot of people, you know, and make new friends. But um, I wanted to do something else. And I lived uh, really close to a bar on the west side. It was called Tamil Shanters. And a guy named Jim Stamper. Hi, Jim. We were having a beer, and he has this annual jam. Jam at the Tam, it's called. And they have uh, a lot of the really upper uh, class musicians come and play. Oh, yeah. And, he, it, you know, I told him I'd do video, and he says, really, you know, would you like to come in and capture this? I said, sure. So guys like Rich Spina came in there, wow. uh, Billy Sullivan, uh, Paul Sedoti, who's with uh, Taylor Swift now. You know, back in those days, they weren't. Um, and... S- so I set up two cameras in there, and I captured this night, and it came out so good, so good. As a matter of fact, there's a uh, there's a video of Rich Spina on my YouTube page. Punch it up on my YouTube and go down. No male artist that I know of ever sang Janis Joplin. So I just watched this. I think I told you about it. That that was the night I- that I first did music video. I just watched this. And from that night on, I was just, well, I'm going to go over here and do this, you know. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's so, Janis Joplin, and it, and, and it, 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 it's like, it's all. Mind-blowing. It really is. Rich. And, 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 you know, all these guys that they had there that night, it was just, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that looked like an amazing jam. I didn't know who they were because I spent a lot of time in the military, you know. And I missed a lot of groups like Love Affair, you know, and what was going on here. I'd come home on leave, and, 
you know, I'd see a show. Well, I got to get back on a plane, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I did a year in Korea, and I did two years in Europe and traveled all over the States. So I was really busy, you know, and I missed a lot. So so you were into the rock scene, though. Absolutely. I mean, you, and, and sure. did you know any of them guys before no. any of this? So this None. this got you in touch with all these guys. That, that, that night really um, sparked my interest in doing music video. No kidding. Yeah. Excellent. That was the night. And that was also the night that they all found out about Drew. Because now they're, they're like, before that, yeah. was there anybody really documenting a lot of this type of stuff for them? Not that I know of. Because it no. changes the game, right? I mean, it like, if you're, if you're an artist and all of a sudden somebody's documenting your stuff and you can watch mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, it gives a whole different perspective on the whole entire thing you're doing. Absolutely. So now they know Drew, right? I mean, yeah. like, so, so this, and so at this point now in time, is that like the part where you totally go ballistic into this thing now? Because not only are you doing what you love in the in this thing, but you're meeting all these interesting people now, and it's kind of opening up different worlds of different things for you, right? Am I right? Yes, absolutely. You know, and once I, well, it took me probably a week to edit it. You know, together it was an A B roll. There was two cameras that I had to mix together, and Jeff Scarborough did the sound that night, and the sound was just amazing. You know, it's not just camera sound. We plugged into the board and recorded that on tape, too. Oh. So I had to mix that also. And it, the whole thing was mind-blowing. And um, it was um, another four-hour gig, you know, almost like this. It was all night. So it came out so well. I said, man, I really want to do more of this. And once the videos started getting out, you know, people started looking. Whoa, look at this. Oh, look at that. You know, so... Doors started opening a little bit there for me. Well, so here's what I don't understand though. So you have all this, you have all this stuff, and you and and this right here, I've seen a quite a bit of mm -hmm. it. I, I, obviously not because you just told me it's over three hours. So I, but I've seen bits and parts. Why isn't this so like totally available to everybody? Like, why isn't this something that you can literally just go get? I mean, I wouldn't think something like this, especially in Cleveland, which where where, where people in Cleveland are just they live and die the whole Cleveland thing. Yeah, why? Why isn't this more available? Why? Why? I would... Copyright, really? Copyright. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make this film with the original music from the records, and trying to get permission and authorization to use that is a nightmare. Is it still? I mean, oh I, I, is it God. owned by the record companies still? Is that what you're well, dealing with? A lot of it. Well, you have the label and the publishers. Oh. And back in those days. Um, a lot of the artists that made these songs, um, they don't own them. Yeah, they gave all the rights away to the yeah. to the record companies. Yeah. Uh, case in point, I uh, went down to Houston, Texas, to to interview um, Adam Blessing and his brother, and I stayed with them for a while. We had a great time, and we're sitting at the table having dinner. I said, "Hey guys, you know, I got to ask you, who owns your music?" And they said, "We don't know." <laughs> oh man! And I said, "What?" He said, we were young. All we wanted to do was make records and play rock and roll. And they said, sign here. Yeah, and, they, and, and there was a little chunk of money attached to it, and that's what they saw, and that, they thought they made it. Yeah, that and was it. So uh, that happened to a lot of artists. A lot. You know, they sign here, and, and, and you know the music doesn't belong to them, even though they wrote it, they produced it, you, you know, uh, performed it, the whole nine yards. Sign here, and it's gone. But doesn't it just seem to you like in the age that we're in today? where just the idea of selling music has become 
such a, a, a almost impossibility unless you're such an unbelievable status of artist as far as popularity goes. That this idea of holding on to this this copyright and publishing thing so hard onto it, where in, in honesty, <clears throat> at this point, somebody like you releasing something like this, where all you're really going to do is drum interest back into this entire scene again, right? That's all this is going to do. It's not like you're going it, to, it's not like as if you're going to be able to retire from selling this thing. No, or absolutely not. But, but, so, but something like this can drum interest back into this whole entire thing again and bring a whole nother awareness to this. That's that, the purpose of it, absolutely. So, so for them to say no because, of, because they have the publishing rights and stuff is so counterproductive to me, even for them, because there's what, what, right. what would be better for them than to have it energy pumped them. back into this? It would promote the, yes. their music that they own. Yes. Yeah. I never under, it's almost as if it's just like they, 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 they shoot themselves in the foot anymore because they're still holding on to some of these older ideas where it made sense years ago to have the publishing rights and all that. So other people wouldn't steal your music because this music is your living and makes you all your money. Nowadays, that's not the case anymore. You need all the publicity, your music. These bands now put out music so they can tour. That's what they do. They put out an album yeah. so they can go tour and make money touring, right? Yeah. So all you want now is people to just get your music as much publicity as possible. So when you go out and play, they, well, you know, there's a lot of bands that are like uh, Fairweather just played a gig not too long ago. I think they're about to play another one. They're still out there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these bands are still yeah. out there. A lot you, of the guys are. But it's not them. It's really not their thing. It's not the uh, bands. It's these other, it's these companies. That, yeah. that are they're screwing it for everybody well, in a way. I had to do everything for that film. I had to do the shooting, the producing, the directing, the editing. Um, when I first started getting rolling on it, Jim Quint from Damnation of Adam Blessing, he did all of the phone calls, you know, and oh, set up everything and, up and set up all the interviews and stuff, you Excellent. know. So, so I hired him to do it to do that. But like everything else, as far as the music goes, again, you, you know, I wanted to put the original songs on this. But when I contacted the label or, or, or the records um, um, people, they never got back to me. I never heard anything from them. Oh. Nothing. For so, instance, um, oh, here's another one, too. That song is Cold Outside by the choir. That was a huge regional hit here. Huge. Um, I think it might have went nationwide too, but that was a big song for them. If you go on the internet and you look up, it's cold outside. There's a million songs with that title. name, but on the very top, um, they have the composer who's Dan Clewan, and then it has um, uh, when you know it has dates and. Sorry. Once you get over to the far right, it says publisher and label none. Where do I go from there? You know, and I talked to a couple guys in the choir too, and I told them, you know, what I just told you. They said, "Oh, I didn't know that." Just look it up. It was never so. No one's ever taken on the publishing rights. I have no idea, no idea. So, so that was a brick wall. Yeah. Okay? But the way that I got around it was Wally Bryson, of course, was in the choir, and I captured one of his shows at the Masonic Auditorium. And oh. guess who's playing bass? Dan Claywant. So I captured that show for uh, Wally and Kay. 
And um, they did the song. They did a slow version, and they did a faster version. So that's the only way that I could legally put that song on that disc because when you're taking copyrighted music and you're putting it into a motion picture, okay, you have to have a synchronization license. It's totally different from an artist doing another artist's song. Oh. Totally different picture. And getting the synchronization license to put copyrighted music in a motion picture is a nightmare. And that's what, you know, the brick wall I hit. What I'd like to know is some of the stories that go into this and some of the just the, the I'm sure, there, there, I mean, you have so much footage here. There has to be all kinds of stuff that went into all this and you've learned. And Go ahead. What, what, what's some of the things that off the top of your head that? Uh... Well, we interviewed a total of 43 guys. Really? Yeah. Um, they all make the cut? Oh, yeah. Every yeah. one of them, huh? And the average, the average interview um, is about an hour. So, you know, that's a lot of footage. I have terabytes and terabytes just full of raw interview footage. And, of course, there's no way I could fit it into a disc, you know. Yeah. I really wanted this to be under two hours, but it was just impossible. Now it's three hours and 42 minutes between the two discs, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a great experience sitting down with these guys. And uh, my sister did most of the interviewing. Oh. Okay. Uh, and there were two other gals, Vicky, uh, Vicky Hill and Leslie Lloyd and, uh, and Gail music. When my sister couldn't be, be there, there you know, they were stand, stand in. So at the, they helped me with the interviews and, uh, I did all the shooting, uh, uh the sound, um, uh, editing and all that stuff. But, uh, what a great experience sitting down and, and the good thing about this is there's no narrator. There's no stand-up host, you know, saying, well, back in 1968, you know, Raspberries or, you know, James Gang did this and that, and here's such and such. You know what I mean? Yes. I it, cut all of that out. Yeah, I, I saw the very first thing I saw. It comes on, and Colin DeSalt is immediately in your, and he's talking right. immediately. And right. It's like you're already engaged. Yep. Yeah. So what I wanted it to be was um, – you know, like you go out and you buy a record, something tangible in your hands, you know, that you can hold, something you can look at, you know, because a lot of people said, well, you could put this on Spotify or, 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 or such. No, I wanted to, ha to have something in your hands. So I, that's yeah. why I made this. I designed the cover. It's got all the guys going all the way around. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Glenn Schwartz and, and uh, uh, you know, guys from the James Gang. Um Damnation, you know, those guys were my idols. <laughs> those guys in the James. I used to hitchhike to the Hullabaloos to see them when I was 15. Really? Yeah. That's a different time. Yeah. That was Much like different time. 69, 70. You know. Any interesting things happen while you're hitchhiking? Or you never... Yeah. Well, if you watch the very beginning of the film, yes. Oh, it's on there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I've only seen the... I've only been able to see, I, this is my copy, and I'm excited sure. to have this because sure. I've only been able to see little stuff that, stuff that you've released, and yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of that, but I, I'm sure there's a lot of things I have not seen yet. I'm anxious to put the this The film on. opens up with me hitchhiking. Well, it's not me. I hired a teenage kid to play me. Oh, that's a good idea. That's cool. So, uh, and I'm T hitchhiking. Kind of telling the story through visual. Yeah, yeah well, that's the opening, and... and uh, then, you know, like you said, uh, artists start coming in. And then 
it's uh, like a um, two or three stage intro. Deanna Adams is in there. She's the only stand-up person in there, but she does a quick spiel at a record store, you know, and then it goes into um, the interviews. But initially, when I came home with all this footage, I had interviews maybe 10 guys, and I'm putting them on the timeline, and all it was was just them talking. I said, this needs more. It needs more. And that's where the music comes in, you know. So I tried to get the music a dead end there. You know, they probably thought, well, who's this Drew guy from Cleveland, small fry? I'm not 20th Century Fox with a lot of money. You yeah, know? right, right, right. That's the, that's the problem. You know, but um, there were some artists that gave me their music, and they said, well, you have a limit of 1,000 copies. You know what I mean? So there's oh. there's things like that that I had to deal with, you know. So wow. um, that's why there hasn't been a big commercial release on that because I'm limited because of that. You know, let me ask you this. I, what I do notice is like sometimes it seems like to circumvent the whole copyright thing and publishing thing that they'll they'll use live versions of the, the songs right. in order to get through that. Right. Could you do something like that with this? Like if you could go and like get Hermit's Hermit's Herman's Hermit's and, and, yes. and get Sullivan playing. Absolutely. And you, you could use yes. the live versions. Yeah. So that that does circumvent that whole entire copyright thing. As a matter of fact, uh, I was talking to Jim Bonfanti from the Raspberries, He's the drummer. And, and I told him, and he said, well, the only way to, you know, we can, you can use Raspberry songs. Eric and I will go in the studio and record. I said, you guys don't have to do that just for me. I said, no, no, that's all right. So, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, exactly they could actually right. just re-record the they version could. in a, in a studio, and that changes, the, it's a new copyright. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So, you know, but I wouldn't expect them to do that. And no, but I mean, but I, I will say this. I mean, like, just for just for the record. I, I don't think you're the only one that wants to see something like this completed. I think that this benefits such a huge number of people that, that I would imagine that people would want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, obviously you're not going to get 40 some guys to go back into a studio right. and redo all the right. music, but yeah. there, there's, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's enough that would, you know, I, or, or and it's not that you expect them to, but Hey, if they say they'll do it, I want to see something like this get completed. And, and yeah. I want to see all your stuff come out. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what this, you know, like here's here's the thing. If what we're if what we're going to do with this show and 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 what we're trying to do here is going to ever become into fruition, people have to see what happened when it happened last time and what made it all work, and they have to be able to see what it was like when it was at its top for it to get back to that again. And, and obviously, it probably will never go back no. to that exact same no. thing because it's a no. different time. But people should see how it was just a different mindset then and how much fun people were having with it, not just the musicians either. I, I can remember, I mean, in the 70s, I wasn't even 10 years old yet in the 70s, but right. I can remember the 70s and how the, the, the local bands would draw so much attention to people. You don't hear about that anymore, you know? People don't really get too excited about the local bands like they once did. There's no Michael Stanley anymore. Right. Really, there is. Right. Um. I would love to see this. There's a lot of information in there. A so, lot. And you know what, too? What's really genuine about this, and, and uh, you know, to further my point, was you have the guys talking straight to you on the screen, telling their stories. It's not like, well, you know, you read an article, and you go, all right, well, somebody else wrote that. Right. And there's editors, and there's all this stuff. None of that's... 
Yeah. Right from the right from their mouths. Right, you know the stories, and the stories are amazing. Yeah. Joe Vitale, oh my God, he, he he talked. I rolled the camera for an hour and twenty minutes for for him because he just had all this stuff to say, and I just keep it rolling, hundred <laughs> percent rolling and capture it. Uh, Jimmy Fox from the James Gang, uh, Dale Peters. Uh, we have Glenn Schwartz too. Yeah, we were so lucky to have him because. It was a, about a year later he passed away. Right after, yeah. And we have Hank Lacanti in there, who um, was the founder of the Agoras. And, of course, Michael passed away, too. And luckily, uh, you know, I spent five years on this. I I, I can't wait anymore. I'm, I'm going to do the best I can with the music, you know, and everything else. Yeah. And luckily, I sent Michael his copy. I sent it to him at WNCX about four months before he passed. And, it, it, you know, if he didn't have it, you know, I would have really, really felt bad. And, and Glenn, too. You know, we didn't expect him to, you know, just fall away from us like that. Yeah. You know, it was just so sudden. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is, like, having this kind of thing, like, also makes these guys, uh, they're, they're, they're legends that they, they live on forever now. And that's why I, that's why I want to see, you know, that, and that's that's – the age that a lot of these guys are starting to enter into. I mean, we're all, we all, and these are from the sixties and the seventies and exclusively. Yeah. And I, I just think that that time should be, shouldn't be forgotten. You know, I mean, I think it really was a special time when you hear people talk about that time in Cleveland, people will say this is one of the biggest rock and roll was. in the, in the whole entire country, it but it just wasn't recognized nationally as such. Unless the musicians did. The musicians all respected Cleveland. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, is, when you're when you're going through this whole thing, um, not just the stories that you're hearing, but as you're doing this and now you're meeting these guys and stuff. I mean, like, let's just be honest. These are all dudes that that that, that have either partied their whole lives through this whole thing, and they're still partying, or they're they've stopped for certain reasons or well, whatever. But, like, yeah. did you get mixed up in any of that stuff? Or did you go to parties with these guys? And did you get ever get invited to go do crazy shit? With the artists? Yeah, interview? yeah, like that. Yeah, like, I mean, did you, were you, were you, was it just, you, no. you would show up and film all this? Or yeah. did you ever get involved in any of the, or did well, you ever even jam with any of these guys? Did you ever get no. involved in any of that part of it? No, no, no. Never been into the music, you've never, like, been a part of the musical well, I used to go see him when I was Bad, but younger. I'm just yeah. curious. I'm just curious if you ever got the, like you ever got the urge to just go up there and sing with these guys or anything no, like that. No. So you were just so focused on the on the one your job and everything. That's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Um it was amazing enough just sitting down with them and capturing their story, you know? Because when I was growing up, you know, going to see the bands here, the local bands, never in a million years did I think that I would be doing this all these years later. And Again, when I started doing music videos, you know, these doors would start opening. But then when I came up with this idea and I contacted Jim Quinn, they just flew open. And Did it seem like these guys were really receptive to, to doing this? They were. They, they really wanted their stories to be told? and They and, were. And, they were honored to do it. They said, um, as a matter of fact, there was one guy back in the 80s or 90s who attempted to do this. But he gave up. He said, no, 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 this is too much, you know. And I I kind of get the point because it's just a monster, monster thing to do. You know, five years of work. Um, when I got, like, 
a year and a half or two years into it, um, it took two and a half years just to get the interviews. Wow. Yep. So so that's just the, all the legwork that went oh into Oh, my God, it. yeah. And once I got into it so far, I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. What did I get myself into, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have to really carve something out of what, you know, what I'm doing. And I couldn't quit. No, I just, no. No, I'm going the whole distance with it. And there's still a lot more that can be done with us. Well, it's you said you still have a lot of footage. Oh, also. my God. It, it, I have all this other interview footage, and I'm going to put out a companion DVD to this, but i got to sit down and, and take out everything that I put in this one and craft it into this next one, you know. And I'm going to call it Cutting Room Floor because I basically, oh, you know, it's the old film yeah. splicing. Thing. These are the ones that didn't make the first cut, actually. Is well, that what it is? I mean, is that, is yeah. that but, yeah. but it was like, like right. you said, it was very hard to do because right. you had to take a lot of stuff that you would have wanted to keep it just to get it down to three and a half hours. I basically. know. It's tough. Yeah. It's well, tough. It, it, we, it's, it's, I, I know I, I, I do that for the show. It's, yeah. and, and it's, it is sometimes it's tough and you, you but you have to, because yeah. nobody's going to watch an eight hour. Anything, right? You so, have to. So, you know, that's producing, It is. you know, and editing, it really is. So, um, and you've also done other things too, not just this. I mean, you've also you've been involved in making commercials. You've been involved. Yeah. You got involved in all, a whole entire yeah. myriad of things. Yeah, that... um, I did some some things for CNN back really? in the day. I worked for Global Broadcasting. Uh, Avery Friedman, the uh, the uh, civil rights attorney here in Cleveland, very well known guy. Well, he had a show on CNN called Legal Guys, and we would broadcast from the Palace Theater. Every Saturday onto CNN, okay. we'd link up, you know, to the satellite. And uh, my buddy Jim Giganti and I you know, were the crew. We were his crew. And something like this, you know, here's Avery, and we got the cameras, and and it's live on CNN. So we did that. And, um, yeah, I did a couple commercials for, for MMS back in the day. I'll send it to you. You could, Yeah, yeah, I'll play it. You could uh, punch it up. It's a 30-second spot. Um, uh, did a lot of stuff for Cleveland Clinic. Um, there's one story, which I'll probably share in the next segment because, well, I think we're running out of time right no, now. No, you can share. One. Go ahead. We got time. We're good. Okay. All right. <laughs> when, uh, when I first started, you know, getting known a little bit, and this was before the internet, I would wrap up tapes and send them out, you know, like weddings or whatever I was doing. And I'd send them across the country. And I got this phone call from a guy in Las Vegas. And he says, uh. He says, man, it's really hard getting good camera people, you know, and I saw some of your work, and I think I think we could use you. And I said, in Vegas? He says, yeah, yeah, it's booming out here, you know. He says, um, I'll start you off at 40 grand a year. I said, oh, really? You know, he said, before you know it, you'll be making 60, 80, 100 grand. I says, well, what do you do? He says, well, I do adult films. I said, really? <laughs> what kind of adult films? And, he, he, you know, he kept seeing the money thing, you know, his hook. <laughs> and I said, you mean porn? And he said, yeah. And I says, well, um, what do you want me to do? He said, I need a good camera guy. And I, I, and I says, what's your criteria? And in a nutshell, he said, uh, well, let me ask you this. Can you film a, a, a guy and a woman having sex? And I said, I could probably do that. He said, how about um, two women and a guy? I said, yeah. He said, how about two women? I says, yeah, yeah, I could do that. 
But then he he said, "What about two men?" I said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm done. I can't." He says, "You'll get used to it. You'll get used to it." I said, "No, man. I can't turn my hand. I I got to go in for the shot. I can't do it." <laughs> and I hung the phone up. I said, "Sorry, man. I don't care what you pay me. I'm not doing it." True story. True story. Yes. He he went right down the line of like he wanted to see where the cutoff. He, oh was. my God! Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, at least you didn't make it to the animals. True story. So, anyway, I continued on doing, doing, uh, you know, personal uh, bar mitzvahs, uh, bat mitzvahs, birthday part, birthday parties for. Uh, well, you're whoever. still you're still every once in a while filming like a live a live. I, aren't you? Don't I haven't I seen you like? There's been gigs that you're actually filming for some of these bands too, aren't oh, yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that and that's more recent, also, right? Yeah, that's um, I did Jonah Coslin um, at the Music Box a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, they're all on Northeast Ohio Rock and Roll on Facebook. If you're not a member, join up. A so what is it? What are they doing? You're you're filming it and put just to put it up on on Facebook, or are, are, yeah. are they are yeah. they releasing it also as a live thing? Um, I was offered, you know, to do. Um, DVDs for that, you know, but but then again, uh, there's a lot that goes into. I'll be happy to do it, you know. There's a lot to um, to produce there, and uh, uh, basically, it's you know the guys come into town to capture their show, you know, and I put it out there, you know, so people could see it, and that's basically how I got known was going out and capturing these shows, and uh, you know, I wouldn't charge them either. Uh, uh, because a lot of people think that these guys are rich and they live in big houses and they got it made. It's like, that's not the case, you know, um, with the exception of a couple people from here, uh, Joe Walsh and Eric Carmen, those guys, you know, you know, they did very well. Yeah. But the guys in the bands, you know, they had to go out and get jobs. Yeah, this was, jobs. this was this was like a second thing for them, all of them. Most it, it, yeah. Of them, almost all of them. So, like, when the bands, you know, disbanded or whatever, it's, they had to go out and get a job. Wally drove a bus for um, for uh, uh, mentally impaired children for years, Wally Bryson and the Raspberries. That's what he did, yeah. Wow. And uh, you know, guys like that, they just went out and got other jobs. They still played music. But they just couldn't support. Right, their, exactly. They couldn't make a living doing it exactly. anymore. Exactly. So, you know, the, the thing about, um, you know, they're rich and famous and they have all these nice cars and big houses. That's that's not true. So, you know, I wouldn't charge the guys to go do it. I say, hey, please let me in the door and I'll capture this. And plus it promotes me too, you know? Oh, yeah. So And you have a nice little following. on, on yeah, A lot of people yeah. follow you. And, yeah, and it's, it, and it's fun. And, uh, you know, I like uh, when people compliment me on my work. Oh, you do nice work. That's really great stuff. I'm going, oh, thanks so much, you know. And I do it for them basically. And I don't want to be famous or, you know, all this stuff. I just stay behind the camera. As a matter of fact, I belong behind the camera over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing good right here. Oh, right this now. is this, great. I'm, this glad, is I'm really great. glad like to have you on. I mean, we were we were really excited to yeah, get you here for this so reason, much. for what we're doing right now. Thanks this is so why much. we were excited. Really, really, it's a pleasure. So right now, you're gonna you're 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 talking about you're headed off into Pennsylvania mm-hmm. into the mountains. Yeah. How is that going to affect all this that you're doing? Well, now? I'm only five hours away. I'll be back. You know? Only five hours. Yeah. So you're yeah. gonna come back in though, and that and that's your that's your sure, plan. You know, yeah, I'll be back. 
coming in to see the bands and, and still and still do yeah. some recordings and stuff yeah. if they need you to yeah. ask you to. Yeah, it'll be like on a much lower scale than than what I've been doing, but um, yeah, I just need a little breathing room, you know. Well, what about what? So, what about the second one of these though? I mean, this, this being well, gonna there be, is going to give you an opportunity to get into that now, right? Yeah, well, I'm bringing all my stuff with me, of course, you know, all my editing equipment. Now, I'll, I'll uh, pluck along on that. Yeah, you'll have a lot of you'll have a that's a, yeah. that's that's almost a perfect setting for something like it that is. actually. It is. Yeah, you can really focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Texas for a couple of years, well, almost a year when I went down to see the guys from Damnation. They have a place in Houston. And I didn't want to overstay my visit and I said, "Okay, guys, I'm going to San Antonio cuz I was my daughter was born in San Antonio." And I had friends there. So I went there and I ended up on a chicken farm. <laughs> working on a chicken farm and it was great it was this chinese lady you know I, I mean this isn't a poultry chicken farm these are prize chickens you know you walk uh, in her house she's got all these blue ribbons and i've never seen chickens like this before but she gave me a rv to stay in really nice rv for free and i go out feed the chickens and help her out you know because she was a little elderly chinese lady in her 70s and it was great and i thought you know what a nice departure from what i've been doing so I want to go back to doing that again. But I came back here because, you know, the border, you know, without getting into politics, that's all I'm going to say about that. And um, uh, my brother uh, got ill, too, so I said, that's it, I'm coming back home. And I just picked up where I left off, you know. Oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah. So, and then, and then, so what, when you're when you're doing something like this, okay, and and you have the all these locally famous people, um, what, how, how does that, I know, I know that as I'm doing this and I'm meeting these new, these people like that, how does that change your perspective on, on just life in general, as far as like, when you see this, this is a whole different world that opens up to you. The music world is such a absolutely completely different world than the regular world they're not rich like you said it's not that it's nothing right. to do with it right it's it's a it's a it's it's how they all think and and as you're especially as you're interviewing all these people and watching all this footage and listening to them talk how does it change the way how you think about did it did it did, did you did you did it change do you feel like it kind of changed you as a person seeing all this different well i feel privileged hanging out with them you know and c- capturing their stories absolutely but you know they're they're people just like you and i you know they uh, are they they, they they uh they eat and they drink and but they're they sleep. artists they're artists that, and and it makes that's a, the difference. It, yeah. and it makes a huge difference it does it because does. they think they <laughs> artists or musicians especially are just a different breed is what, is what we'll say you know they are. and we all and we're all a part of it and to some degree yeah. here but but as I meet more and more musicians, I, I, I see things in, and it makes me honestly think differently about life in general because there, there's, there's people who don't think like me is what I realize. You know what I mean? There's people who don't think like me all the time. And I like these people. Yeah. You know, these are, these are really interesting they people are. that think they differently. And, I'm, that's what, and, and through this, I meet so, you meet so much of that. And I think it opens up a different avenue of of thinking in LA at least it does for me that's why that's what I'm asking you well I feel um honored to to do this for them because I thought these guys need a spotlight you know and this is my spotlight that I'm doing for them putting on there you know and again you know you can read all the stories that you want or or, 
this and that. These guys are talking straight to you. You know, there's nobody, nobody yeah. in between. And right, there's no, the there's nobody interpreting right. the story and then right. writing it out. Right, exactly. So that that's the only difference as far as your traditional documentaries go. You know, no narrator, no uh, stand-up guy. All that's gone. But it's still easy to follow. Absolutely. You know, I... Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, while I was doing this, you have to make it flow, you know, and making a motion picture flow is tough because when I was doing this, I was thinking of one thing. Who's watching this? This is my audience. Yeah. This is not about me and how I want to do it, you know? Yeah, right. I'm not selfish that way. I think about my audience and what they would want to see. So that's the way that I produced it. And, and I had to make it entertaining. I had to throw in background music and and there's no razzle dazzle in there you know it's yeah. just straightforward you know um it flows uh, nice and the stories flow nice there's a, a segment in there about kent state university you know and the guys that were there oh. and their experiences stuff like that you know um uh it's kind of chronological too you know they they tell their stories from when uh, you know they were 10 years old and saw the Beatles or something, you know, that was the spark that everybody's running to get drums and guitars, you know, cause they want to be like the Beatles. Yeah. And that's why it's just the sixties and seventies. Because again, like I said before, once you get into the eighties, that's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Everything changes. As far as music. Yeah. You know, it all changed. These, those two decades were, um, uh, historical. They were, you know, it's the biggest word I can think of. Right. Real quick. I, w- I was going to ask you about, the uh, you were talking about when Spina was singing the um, Joplin song. Yes, that footage that you have, I, I and it's on YouTube. Anybody wants to watch it, it's yeah. it's it's friggin' amazing. Yeah. But there's a whole entire, you know, you have the whole thing, the entire night, and it's yeah. just sitting there now, right? It just sits. Well, I gave copies to to uh, most of the artists. And, oh, oh, oh. And, they all have them. So everybody's got they have them. some yeah. version. Yeah, but I have all the master tapes. What 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 what? That would just that just feels to me like such a yeah. golden yeah some footage. Yeah. I mean that's old footage. This isn't this is that, that's that's mm, captured mid nineties I think. Yeah yeah yes mid nineties ninety six I think quarter of a century ago. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. um, what do you think could come of something like that? Could you? I mean like that's not all copyright. You don't have to pull too many. Well. Um, they're doing cover tunes, you know. Oh, that so, ha- yeah, so you run into that block. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, there's probably an issue there. Man. Yeah. To put it out commercially, I'd, yeah, there would be an issue. I'd love to get some of that to put out on the show here with, with this interview. You could like, do it on your show. I'm like not, but something that something that nobody else has, like yeah, like one, like if you could send me a little snippet sure. of something that that. Sure. Oh yeah, I'd love that. Uh, Ed Sarley. A friend of mine, he's he's a great singer songwriter. Um, he's in there, and he was at the jam at Tam that night, and he's got some amazing original yes. stuff. So wow, this guy is good. Oh, he's is he really doing his original good. stuff there? Yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah. could use that. Sure, absolutely. You know, uh, but I think he was maybe him and another artist did did some of their own originals. But for the most part, the night was all cover tunes. Yeah, but I think that just would be so Yeah, they did an amazing job. See that. All, the, all these artists that were there, yeah. too. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So when you're when you're first getting into this at all, um, it's been a, you know, it's a little while ago. Everything was analog. There was no such thing as digital at the time at all. And that, 
There it is. This is what I learned on. This is three-quarter inch videotape. And it's the same principle as your, you know, your regular VHS stuff. You know, I don't know if you can have a look. I popped this open. You can see. See how wide the tape is there. Yeah. I don't know if you can get... They see that. Yeah, and those of us that yeah. have seen VHS tapes and stuff, it, yeah. it does resemble that. Yeah. So this is a um, smaller case, and this was the field tape that you put in a VCR when you go out and capture news or something. And then you have the bigger one, which is your studio cassette, which is bigger. And this will be considered your master in the studio that you would edit off of. So you go from this one to this one. And, of course, they had the jog shuttle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, frame there. So I did this in a lot of formats, but when the digital realm came, this is just like yeah, so, so the dinosaur. For, right, for those people yeah. that don't understand when they hear the words analog, digital. Analog is when everything was put on actual physical tape. Um, it's a lot more mechanical. About, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... It's, uh, where digital is when they took basically the digits, numbers and stuff like that, and they created O's sound and through that. O's and ones. Yes. Yeah. So so that's the difference between the two, and there's there's benefits, I think, to both, and there's there's ta- there's takeaways and positives <laughs> to both of them. Sure and, is. And you're going to always hear this argument about analog versus mm, digital. Yeah. Um, and In my opinion, they both serve... They're both great for something. Yeah. You know, they yeah. both have their things. Yeah. But for you in this case, what happens is is that you first come into this game, everything you learn is how to do things analog, which is a completely different thing than what digital yeah. is now. So you have to relearn the whole entire thing. Did you have to go back to school again for no. this now? No, so- no, I taught myself. And, you know, they have tutorials now. You can go on. and But I downloaded um, Sony Movie Studio. It was a real, real simple software you know, where you could just do do cuts and fades and fade in and out. You know, just a real basic thing. Yeah. So I played with that for a long time, you know, just loading stuff up. And then, of course, you know, I stepped up to the more professional, like Sony Vegas, 15, 18, you know. And there's a lot more bells and whistles and stuff. But it's still basically the same. same timeline. Uh, it, right, right. Yeah, it's use, use, so. Is that what you use, timeline? You don't use storyboard? The, timeline yeah, yeah me too yeah it. and uh you know once you get into it i mean you know digital has its uh artifacts you know and the software crashes and you didn't get that with the tapes right but of course you know with videotape you play it so many times the magnetic particles start to fall out and you get drop out and then of course when you duplicate copies you know your quality goes downhill real well, quick quality you went know. downhill on these just from playing them i oh, mean yeah, i mean yeah absolutely. i mean yeah that's what people don't realize like, like like if you weren't around for the analog thing your digital quality never goes away right. it's, it stays that way forever yep. but every time you would play even those little cassettes that we had you know you'd buy a cassette and then at some point you would hear the other side of the cassette bleeding through your cassette. It was like yeah. it, they always had a life sentence, you know. Like it was sure always going to die. It's like where th- that's that's one of the the negatives of analog is that they have a, they have diminishing quality issues yeah. versus digital. But there's a lot that there's a lot still to be said about tapes that that there is that was that there was is. cool for yeah. the time and and um. But I've always I always have wondered that because when you see like old older 
days where the studios would have all their storage facilities, you would just see like a warehouse just filled with these right yeah. here. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that's basically, there's a lot of stuff in a lot of places that are, that's just forgotten about. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, uh, it's a shame. Mm -hmm. So what about like WMMS when you were, did you just shoot commercials for them only? Or did you ever, uh, like I think Kinsbox on here. Kin yeah, Jeff Kinsbach, he was originally at WMMS. We interviewed him. We went down to uh, uh, 98.5 oh. um, in Akron, I think it is. 97.5. Oh, 97.5 is in Akron. 97.5. Yeah. When he was DJing down there. He's retired now and traveling the country having a good time. But we caught him before he did that. And, uh, yeah, he's on there. Um, great guy. Great interview. Um, had to get a radio guy or two in there, you know. Just to spice things up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Because the radio guys back then promoted all the local bands. You know, they could play their records. They didn't have a play sheet like they have right now, a corporate play sheet where you got to play this. They played whatever they wanted. Well, that, that was the beneficiary yeah, also of these guys great. is they had WMMS in Cleveland sure at that did. time. So it was a beautiful marriage for everything that was yeah. going on here because yeah. MMS did support the local bands big time. So. Yeah. And they were, and they were at the for I don't know how many years. It was over a decade, I think, where they were the number one yeah. station in the nation. Mm -hmm. Although at the end, there things got a little weird. But yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of something else. As far as the commercial goes, when I was in TV broadcasting school, WMS had a contest, oh. you know, of who out there can make the best commercial, you know. Uh, you know, with your home video Videos. camera. So I already had this stuff, right? So I'm thinking, I like to do that. So I was sitting at home, and I'm looking at my record collection, and I made a commercial based on my record collection. You'll have to play it, and then people will understand. It's a 30-second thing, and they aired it. They so I was it. like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Did you win anything for that? No, they say, um, gosh, it's been so many years. They say, We'll air your commercial. Well, that, that was good enough for me. Yeah, right. So they did. They did, and I was excited about it, you know. Well, how old were you when that happened? I mean, you so you had already finished school. You were I already was passed. in TV school when I did that commercial oh, you were, for them. Oh, you were yeah. actually. So I went into so school. So is that the first I, thing that ever happened that you that you ever yeah, really. Yeah, basically, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, like, the, when you first started doing this? Did, did you, said, now you said you weren't doing a lot of the interviews. Did you do any of the interviews? Do you do yeah. some of the interviews? Y yeah, um. By myself, one or two. I did George Sippel from American Noise. I went over to his house, and he had a nice grand piano sitting there, and I just put the camera here. And, you know, of course, I'm multitasking like crazy. Make sure his sound is good, my shot is good, and I'm still talking to him. You know what I mean? So you did all the you did all these almost all, uh, at a different location. You went to their... Every location was different. Oh. Um Music stores we did. We did uh, Gary Markaski and the Numbers Band. We did at a record store in Akron. Um, it, yeah, different venues. Uh, when Neil Giraldo and Pat Benatar came to town, uh, they stayed at the uh, Ritz-Carlton downtown. And I had to rent a room, a small banquet room, and Neil came down. And, and I think for the four hours, it was like 300, almost 400 bucks. Wow. You know, just to interview him. So, so he's in the film. That was shot at the Ritz Carlton in a small banquet room. So, so there's different places. So how long did how long I have to ask? So how long did you interview him for? 
That day? Yeah. It was it was four hundred dollars to interview him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but we have set up time. Um we had to get a makeup artist too for him. But after paying four hundred dollars, like how do you want to cut one word out of that interview? <laughs> like I I'd be like, I just yeah. wanna make sure it's all right yeah. there for four hundred bucks. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. No, and that's the only interview that you see my sister in too. She you know, any other one she, she you don't see her. She was interested. Is that is that what or is it? I wanted she, to put put her in. You know, I had a wide shot. Did Pat Benatar make the video? No, she was upstairs, but they were playing at the... Um... She's not from Cleveland. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. no. Well, she said, well, you know, she probably told Neil, well, this is your town. You go down and do your thing, you know, because he's a Parma boy, I think. Yeah. Parma guy. Yeah. Yeah, that wild? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, you know. Hey, I just found out about the Cars guys. Yeah. Hey, Todd Sharp from Hall & Oates. He's a Cleveland guy. He's in there. Oh, really? Todd Sharp, lead guitar player for Hall & Oates. He's got some great stories. So he's he's is he playing guitar with? No, they're not. They're not. They're no, not out no, no more. No, no. But he was he was playing guitar when they were in their heyday, in the eighties and stuff. When oh, they, really? When they slammed it big. Well, as a matter of fact, from what he says in his interview, um, he went on tour with them when he just joined a group over to England, and he came back here, and that song "Sarah Smile" just just exploded. Yeah. So he joined a group and just bang, you know. Really great stories, you know, and they they tell it much better than I do, of course, but if you watch that. The first um, disc is on Northeast Ohio Rock and Roll. If, for people that want to watch the first disc, it's in four parts, and uh, uh, punch it up and watch it. You know, I'll put all those links yeah. up. What I'll do is yeah. I'll, I'll go to the description, and I'll put a link up for all four parts, and I'll have it in succession so people can just go right through Very cool. and click them right on to Very it. Very cool. That's not a problem yeah. at all. Or if you go on to Northeast Ohio Rock and Roll, just click on my picture, and you could see everything that I've posted all there. You don't have to, you know, go on the main page and look for it. Click on my picture, and everything that I put up there is there. Of course, it's not everything that I've done. I've got... Yeah, I've got videos I totally forgot that I did. I went, oh my god, <laughs> how, how can I forget about? Well, that? yeah, and and to be honest, I mean, like, I, I signed up for that page before I even knew who you were or anything. I've been a part yeah. of that for a while now. Yeah. And anybody that wants to, uh, there's you, you're always posting stuff and stuff, putting yeah. videos up and stuff, yeah. which is so cool. But there's other things that are going up there too. Sure. A lot of people sharing stories. A lot of people. There's a lot of stuff. That's very cool site. Very interesting. It's a very cool site and. Uh, it went from like 500 uh, members a year ago right now when Scott uh, started it. And uh, it shot up to almost 5,000 now. Yeah. Know? And there's people still joining too. Yeah, well, like I say, that's, it's, a, it's, you know, Cleveland, I mean, I'm, it's, it's, I keep saying this stuff, but I'm sure every city in their way does. But Cleveland does has a, 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 a people in Cleveland have such an attachment to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Especially people our age have a nostalgic attachment to those times Absolutely. that you documented, which I think was makes you so interesting and such an important part of what we're trying to do. A guy like you can't be underestimated as far as what you you, you bring to the table. This is you have, and you have a collection still of stuff that needs to come out. Yeah. You know, we need to get this stuff yeah. out there for people Absolutely. to see because I think that time is so interesting. And it yeah. needs to be, there's nothing else. You can't, you know, you can't go online and find a whole bunch of stuff out there that documented this period. You yeah. are the guy who did a lot of it. And then, and, and then what's being seen, like, like when I watched that, 
uh, Rich Spina mm-hmm. thing. I didn't even know it was you that did it till I, I was done. I was like, oh my god, that wasn't him. Like you know, I'm watching it without even knowing. Was it because I knew it was you? I right. watched it. Right. I watched it. Then I knew it was you. Uh. So it's out there. But when you're watching it, people don't realize who's responsible for getting yeah. this this stuff. It was you. Well, that's okay. I don't want to be famous. You know, as long as it's out there and people can see it and enjoy it, that's 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 what I want to just put it, put it out there because you know, after, it's historical. You know, it's historical stuff that'll never be repeated again. You know, in this town. Yeah. I don't think so. Anyway, no, 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 no. no <laughs> so no. I, I'm, I'm, we're trying to get something close to it. Yeah. But the problem just is, is that you know, there's a certain level of debauchery that went on in the '70s and the '60s that's kind of like taboo now. You know, <laughs> that really yeah. was like yeah. that made that time a whole different time. Rock and roll was different. You know, like you know, it was the Zeppelins were out and the Who and. You know, these guys were, that was their idols, and <clears throat> that's what was happening, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of crazy stuff it going on great. back then. Yeah. It was and, a magical time, you know? And it's and it's one thing that everybody talks about that time and, t- and tells stories about that time, but when you can actually be like, well, here, here's, the, here's, here's one of the guys right here that we're talking about, and people can see it and see the level of talent also, the level, like the Glenn Schwartzes, and... When you see that thing with Rich Spina, how he, yeah. that guy could sing. It blew me down. Just blew me away. Yeah. You're I just play like, for people to go, who's that guy? You know, who sings Janis Joplin songs? Yeah. Not many males. And you know what? You know what I think yeah, something like sure. this really, really brings to light is how bizarre it is that the ones that nationally or, or even like internationally make it huge. And then you watch some of these guys and you're like, well, how is that guy? Not internationally known, and this guy is, and that, and it really brings into perspective just what really goes into all this. How how people become that successful has very little to do with what they're capable of. Sometimes it's such a lucky, especially back then. Breaks came to some people, and just some people never got those huge breaks. Worthy of it, though. We're worthy of it. Absolutely. And, and I I think that's what a, a lot of this stuff brings to light. The, the scene that was here. And and especially, let's not forget, Cleveland gets a lot of black eyes. We've been dealing with that forever. You know, all the all the negativity that comes with us. And I think a lot of the good, positive stuff from this time, especially this time, Cleveland was, there was a lot of negativity. 60s, absolutely. Yeah. I think that this is lost. There's, there was a lot of things happening that weren't a part of the negative black eyes that we were getting. and And now we have... Something that's out there that says, nah, this was also happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I really think I, I would just love to see this more available. Because I remember when Tyrone left that day, I went right on the line. I'm like, where is this thing, you know? And then that's when I got interested in you. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, you know, it's the copyright thing. And, you know, I could still do a lot more with this, you know, with that right there. I could just put it back up and switch things around. And if I do get some original music, you know, put it in there. But I think it's a lost cause now, you know, really. Well, I don't think so. There's still a lot I could do with it, and, I, and it's there. I really, so. yeah, I really think that the the problem with this whole thing is that you you have this golden. It's, this is stuff that you know, like for you now. I mean, you you spent five years huh? just to do all this. This is this is there's this is something that I don't think any. We, 
It doesn't exist anywhere else if it doesn't come right. from you, man. We right. Need- it is uh, unique. And for the copies that are out there, I'll see real quick. Um, yeah, I have them. Numbered? numbered. Oh. They're all numbered. And back behind here, I signed a few of them. So, so if you have the ones that... Did I get it signed? Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. That's my first signed copy of anything. These guys never think, you guys start, start mm-hmm. signing your stuff. I want signed stuff from now on. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's there on the back of the sleeve. That's I signed awesome. them, too. And the ones that are out there, um, someday they'll be pretty rare. You know. Well, that's that's my hope and goal. No. Yeah. I I think I think they already are. That, and, that, and, yeah. and 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 I think that's the yeah, thing is yeah. that these things are so rare that yeah. they need to become less rare. Yeah, I I, I think the story itself is just begging yeah, to be told. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, for those most of the five years, I took my military pension check, and every one of my military pension checks went into this, and uh, I added it up one day, and I stopped. When it reached forty-two thousand dollars that I had invested, you know, now by Hollywood standards, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. But for an in- individual, you know, guy like me, you know, just a uh, small fry here in Cleveland with some camera stuff, you know, it's a lot of money. I'll never make it back. I don't care. It's not about the money. It's about the music. So you know, and I'm okay. You know, I'll, I'll never be homeless or hungry. <laughs> Well, I mean, so that's good. You know. Well, and I think some people will tell you you're crazy for that, but I would. No, I, I, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I like, enjoy doing it. You, you know, you have to, you have to sacrifice and, and go and, for it. And experiences know? are everything yeah. in this world. You know what? What you experience in the end, absolutely, is yeah. all that matters. And you yeah. created a situation for yourself where you have memories that no. How many people can say they've they, they right? They don't. Yeah. They don't know yeah. what it's like to be you at, at this point mm-hmm. because you've done something that a lot of people mm-hmm. haven't ever. Actually, nobody. Nobody's done this. Not this. Right. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of off-the-record stuff, you know, when the cameras and everything were off. You know, the stories that I heard, it's like, whoa. Um, Did you get to capture any of that? Did you leave the cameras rolling ever type thing? No, no, no. You know, shut everything down. You know, we hang out, you know, and talk about you know, this and that. You know, hey, whatever happened with... You know, this guy in this group, you know, and, you know, whatever. Um, it, it, the music business, uh, it, it, you know, just like any other business, it has its dark sides, you know. And I'm not going to repeat anything, you know, that some of the guys said because this is all a positive thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't want any negativity in there. The only thing that's kind of negative is Kent State. But, but you know, it happened. It was a, a, a huge yeah. event that happened, you know. And uh, the guys that were there, Joe Vitale, um, uh, uh, Ray Benich, um, uh, Terry Hine, who's Chrissy Hine's brother. Oh. He's in there. He's in a numbers band, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Well, I remember yeah. Tyrone said he met her through her brother. Oh, he right, met, right. Tyrone said he met Chrissy right. through her brother, so yeah, yeah, Terry. I remember him saying it. Yeah. And he, he's been in the numbers band for, you know, years and years and years. Well, the numbers band is in there, and Terry's a character. He's a character, but he tells a really great story of him being at Kent State when the shooting was going. They were on. attending it at the time. Is that what they were? They were there attending school, or they were there for uh, other well, reasons? Well, you know, they lived there. Oh, oh you know, oh, oh, you know, they lived in Kent. Oh, so you know, those stories are really interesting too. You know, and uh, uh, it, it, a lot of categories in there. You know, that we threw it to guys. So. 
Excellent, man. It's there. Excellent. It's there. All right. I think that's about it. Okay. I really appreciate oh, you coming great. down, man. Great. You guys got a really cool place here. I like this. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thanks. Yeah, for this we put a lot into this one. <laughs> okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much it was, but excellent. Well, yeah, I'll be, I'm, and I and I can tell you guys right now, I will be playing. I will be playing some stuff off of here. I'll, I'll get I'll it show. onto this, to, onto the show, onto this podcast. And uh, but I just <laughs> oh, want to thank you for coming down, man. Oh, thank you. And good luck. Oh, on your next, uh, your next chapter of life, going into the mountains. Oh yeah. Well, I'll be back. To see you guys. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And good luck um, with your endeavor here. You guys got a cool thing going. Thank you, very, man. Very cool. Thank you. So, all right, guys, all right. that's it for us. Level up Cleveland, and we are out of here. Very cool. Very cool. Good times. Let them roll. <laughs>